If you would take your scriptures, turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter 1, we'll be reading the entire chapter. Would you give ear to the reading of God's word? Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which he has been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also, for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never stumble, for so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right, as long as I am in the tent, to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. For we did not follow cunningly advised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice when, which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Let us pray. Father, you do good things for your people as they live and obey your word. Open our eyes this morning that we may see wonderful things in your word. We are strangers on this earth, so please do not hide your word from us. Our souls are consumed with longing for your gospel. Your truths are a great delight to us. They are our counselors. Be gracious to us today. Give us openness to receive your word and strength to let it change our lives. We ask this in the name of your only begotten Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now let me begin this morning with these words from Isaiah 55, 11. 
So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the things for which I send it. This is God's declaration. It's his declaration about the purpose of his word in this world. It's given. It's given to guide us in the ways of God, to protect us from those that that would try to, to lead us astray. The most dangerous thing we as Christians face is those who falsely present their ideas as coming from God. Peter saw this danger. He saw it very clearly, and he spoke out against it. 2 Peter 1.16 For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. The word translated here for fables can also be translated stories or myths. A myth is a story which man has formulated in his own heart and mind to express his own desire without any reference to reality. Because of it, man's centered focus, a myth is totally devoid of any redemptive power at all. In other words, myths have no redeeming value. They cannot help you better understand God or his gospel. You must understand the Bible, God's word, our scriptures originate with God. The Bible is divinely inspired. It's rooted in history and unquestionably true. Along with all of that, the message that it brings redeems man from sin and death while it glorifies God. Peter tells the stories of the false prophets, cunningly devised fables. In other words, these are stories that preachers make up in order to try and sell their false doctrines. This is, the why, this is why you need to be very careful about the, the preaching you're hearing. Is it grounded in God's word and not in made-up stories? He makes it very clear that the apostles and writers of the Bible refuse to follow man-made fables and rejected that supposed authority. Peter does not in any way justify myths by reciting them. But so you can spot them. What he does is he comes and lays out the gospel of Jesus Christ very clearly in his letter. That's the standard by which we go. The word of God. Does it match up with what the word says? Peter also tells us about the power and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He shows that he and the other disciples were eyewitnesses to Christ's many works and his glorious accomplishments. There was no doubt in Peter's mind that Christ received his glory and honor from God the Father. Peter says they heard the voice from heaven declare who Jesus was. They had come to the understanding with divine help that indeed Jesus was the divine revelation of God to his people. Jesus is what we need to look at. He is our standard. He is called the word. He's the standard by which we should live. He tells us that the prophets spoke as light shining in the dark foretelling Christ's coming. And we've talked about the Old Testament before. It has a purpose. It tells us that we're sinners, that we are lost and without hope in and of ourselves, and that we need Jesus Christ. And it points us to Christ. 
That's what Peter's talking about. He says, you must understand all of this prophecy, which is now our scripture, came from God and not from man. Peter says in 2 Peter 1, verses 20 and 21, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. All prophecy, all prophecy came about by the Holy Spirit working in the hearts of those men God called. This morning, I want you to look with me at the book of Proverbs and let's see what it teaches about God's word. First, we will see that God's word is perfect and complete. Second, we shall see that Proverbs very clearly says the word must be obeyed. Third, it will be shown that prophets declare that God's law is my law and you must make it your law. What should we understand about God's word? Proverbs 30, verses 5 and 6. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in him. Do not add to his word, lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. Here, we see that God's word is perfect and it is complete. Now, this is very important to us. Understanding these two facts can help us to recognize some of these myths Peter was speaking about. The whole of scripture is pure. That means every verse, every word has the power of God behind it. We cannot take one verse at the exclusion of others. We must listen to the full counsel of God's revelation. We have the privilege and the responsibility to study God's word. We must do it in its entirety. We must seek out the full measure of the knowledge God has given us. We do not have the right to divide his word nor to relegate parts of it to obscurity. The word of God is only pure and it cannot deceive. It is also fully sufficient. It will meet all of our needs. Just as gold has been purified in a fire, the word of God needs no additions to it. It is perfect and complete. To add to it or to take away from it is sin. To take away or add to this divine and authoritative word will bring the severest of reproofs upon all who so engage. The Jewish leadership added their oral traditions to the scripture. When Christ came, he called them a brood of vipers and hypocrites for it too. In the history of the Christian church, there have been those that have done the same thing. The Reformation of the 16th century was in response to those that that added to Scripture their own traditions. We're still fighting it today. It's still going on today. They sought, just as the Jews, to make their traditions more important than the Scripture. There are many in our own day doing the same thing. There are those who want to worship God according to their own imaginations instead of as the Scriptures teach. Many preachers today preach sermons from their own imaginations instead of from the holy writings of Scripture. There are whole denominations that say the canon of Scripture is not closed. 
They want to believe God is still revealing himself through new revelations, even though the Bible clearly says in Revelation 22, verses 18 and 19, For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in the book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things written in this book. My friends, please, please understand, this Bible, God's word to us, is pure and is given directly to us. It is his revelation of himself to us. His revelation of his wonderful divine grace through his love son, our Lord Jesus Christ. It is also complete, as we are told in Hebrews 1, verses 1 through 3. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. This tells us very clearly his work was done. This is what he meant when he said he sat down. He meant his work of purification was done as well as his work of revelation. This tells us we have the full, the complete revelation of all God wants us to know about himself and his work of redemption. The canon is closed because it is complete. Once you understand that God's word is pure and complete, you can then see the obligation you're to live under. Since God's word is the divine authoritative word of a holy God, then we have responsibilities before it. The greatest of these responsibilities is obedience. Obedience in this life is a matter of life or death. Proverbs 19.16 he who keeps the commandments keeps his soul, but he who is careless of his ways will die. This tells us that the keeping of the commandments of God's word is our security. Keep the word and the word will keep you safe. This is where we find the road to happiness. It starts with the man that will stir himself up and will take hold of God. The man that will choose the ways that please his God the man that will join himself to the true and living God, the man that will serve his Lord, the man that will love his God with all of his soul. This is the man. This is the man that will find happiness in this life. That happiness is the secure promise of life everlasting. Proverbs 13, 13 says, He who despises the word will be destroyed, but he who fears the commandment will be rewarded. The cost of disobedience is death. Paul tells us that's the wages of sin. The prize of obedience is eternal life with God. Obedience has several very important rewards in this lifetime. It rewards those who are obedient with wisdom. Proverbs 28, 7. Whoever keeps the law is a discerning son, but a companion of gluttons shames his father. Hear what Moses told the children of Israel about God's commandments 
as they were entered into the promised land. Deuteronomy 4, 6. Therefore be careful to observe them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples who will hear all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. What this tells us is the law is a natural wisdom and it brings honor to the nation. It is also equally true in individual lives. There's no more valuable training for the young than that which leads them to the Lord's blessing. Young people, listen to me. Do you young men want to please your fathers? Well, here's the best possible way to do that. Be obedient. Do you young ladies want to be called a blessing by your parents? Then be obedient. For with obedience comes wisdom that will carry you through this life. With obedience comes understanding that will bring you to the foot of Calvary's cross. Parents, do not neglect the proper discipline of your children. For in that discipline, you prepare them for life, and more importantly, for the hearing of the gospel of Jesus Christ. As a person hears the gospel and responds to it, true happiness is assured. Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. It is indeed hard to do what is right, especially when you don't know what is right. How do you do it? That's why it's so important for us to be obedient and tell others about Jesus Christ. It is the nature of man to do what seems right in his own eyes. The main thing he sees as being right is to take care of himself. If the natural man is getting something from someone else, he likes that person a lot. But as soon as the relationship no longer offers, offers him what he wants, it ends. Why do you think the divorce rate in this nation is so high? God's word tells us how to live this life as intended. You do Listen to the teaching of the word. You learn it or blessed to give the receive, to the receive, to then to receive. I'm sorry, I blew that. Uh, when you listen to the teaching of the word, you learn it, it's more blessed to give than to receive. You find out to be happy means you must work to make others happy. If you young men want a good marriage, then you must give your wife love. Paul says you must love your wife as Christ loved his church and gave himself for. Wise, if you want a good marriage, you must give yourself to your husband as the church gives himself to Christ, submitting to his leadership. That's the way you find happiness in this life, by being obedient to God's word in everything. Another result of obedience in your life is that others see your obedience and it rebukes them in their wrongdoing. Now this is a very important passage. It applies to each and every one of us daily. Proverbs 28.4 Those who forsake the law praise the wicked, but such as keep the law contend with them. Christ said the world hates him, and it will hate those who follow him. Those who are not obedient never like to be around those who are. When you're living a righteous life, 
it will make all that are not righteous very, very uneasy. How about your life? Does it make those who are unsaved uneasy? Do you let your faith show when you're around the unsaved? Or do you try to act like them so you won't be embarrassed? God has called his children to live a righteous life. One of the reasons for that is so others might see the difference between a righteous lifestyle and an evil lifestyle. This is the main reason the New Testament has told you that you will suffer persecution. Don't be discouraged by this. For God is using you. He's using you to show the world his holiness. You are his vessel prepared from before the foundation of the world was laid to be a part of his glory. Do you understand that? God wants you to be a part of his glory. And he's going to use you to bring himself glory. What greater honor could you ever desire than to be a vessel for God's glory? One of the greatest privileges the believer has is the right to come before God's throne with boldness. To lay at the feet of the sovereign almighty Lord his every request. The only way you can come and do that is to come with an obedient spirit. Obedience begins when you hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. When you look into your own heart and you see the rebellion you're carrying against God and you repent of it. When you cry out to Jesus Christ to save you because you see there's absolutely no way you can do it yourself. All of this represents the throwing off of your disobedience and the taking up of an obedient lifestyle based upon God's word. Proverbs 28, 9 declares, One who turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. You can see from this, this verse, all who refuse to hear and believe have condemned themselves. God will not hear their prayers. However, all who hear and believe have a hope. A hope that God does hear their prayers and gives them many blessings because of their obedience. As you can see, there are duties that come with God's word. Along with these duties come many rewards. Proverbs clearly shows us many, many of those rewards. First, your obedience to God's word brings you to a close relationship with God. Receiving the word causes that relationship with God to grow. That's where growth comes in, through God's word. Proverbs 2, 1 through 5. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. What this means is, if you will hear God's commands and hide them in your heart, if you will apply the wisdom you find in the commands of God to your life, if you recognize your need of divine help in this life and call out for it and search for it, you will find it. The promise is clear. All, all who desire a relationship with God need to study God's word. 
It's through his word that faith comes. Take the wisdom, learn from your study, apply it to your life, and you will have a close relationship with God. Why? Because God reveals himself through his word. You want to get close to God, open the Bible. Sit down and begin to read. It is in God's word that you can grow close to your Lord. There's only one place to learn the true and living God of the true and living God, and that is through the true and living word. The scriptures are God's declaration of who he is. He tells us he is the creator of all things. He is the sustainer of all life. He is the redeemer of men. If you want to know him, then come to his word. In his word, you will learn. First, you will learn you're a sinner, a sinner who is in rebellion against your creator. You will also learn your creator has provided by his grace a way in which you can be forgiven of your rebellion. You will discover the only way in which you can find forgiveness is in Jesus Christ, the only begotten son. This can be learned from no other source than the Bible. Won't you open your ears and hear Open your heart and believe. Once you have heard and believed, then you can move forward in your relationship with God through his word. Proverbs 4, 1 through 4. Hear, my children, the instruction of a father, and give attention to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender, and the only one in sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, let your heart retain my words. Keep my commands and live. Once you've entered into this relationship with your heavenly father, then you will study his word to learn sound doctrine and solid principles for living this life. Too many churches today are telling people doctrine doesn't matter. That has to be the greatest lie ever told. Doctrine is the truth of God. Actually, the word in the Greek means to teach. What are you going to teach? You're going to teach God's word, God's truth. You must study to learn all that you know about your Heavenly Father and about His Son, your Savior. Every little nugget of truth you mine from the Scripture helps you to grow stronger in your understanding of God and His plan. The purpose of God's word is to build stronger doctrine. God's word provides the only source of that doctrine. It doesn't come from anywhere else. It comes from the word of God only. Hebrews 11.6 tells us, without faith it's impossible to please God. Faith, simply put, that's believing God. As a believer, you should want to grow in your faith. The best possible way to grow in faith is to study God's word. Proverbs 22, verses 17 through 21. Incline your ear and hear the words of the wise and apply your heart to my knowledge. For it is a pleasant thing if you keep them within you. Let them be all, all be fixed upon your lips so that your trust may be in the Lord. I've instructed you today, even you. Have I not written to you excellent things of counsels and knowledge that I may make you know the certainty of the words of truth? that you may answer words of truth to those who sin to you. Pay attention. Listen. 
apply. These are the ways in which faith can be made stronger. As you study and hide them in your heart, you become more sure of the truths that you have learned. That means you're better prepared to give an answer for the faith that is within you. You grow in your trust of God. You can face the hard times with confidence that the sovereign Lord Almighty would carry you through. The promise of great reward is more than evident from the scripture. Jesus came to save your soul. He came to help you to grow in your faith. John 10.10, I have come that they may have faith and that they may have it more abundantly. We're told in Proverbs 1, 8 and 9, My son, hear the instruction of your father, and do not forsake the law of your mother, for they will be graceful ornaments on your head and chains about your neck. These verses give strength to the first commandment with promise. That commandment was the command to honor your father and mother. God established the family. He gave it the order he knew would bring stability. The father's the head. The wife is to submit unto him. The children are submitted to them both. If all in the family will follow these directives, an abundant life is promised. Proverbs 3, 1 and 2. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands for length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. The only way. The only way you will have an abundant life, a full life, is through following God's word. Hearing his call and responding to it with a humble heart. We continue to see the authority of parental instruction encouraged here. Proverbs 6, 20 through 24. My son, keep your father's command. Do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you roam, they will lead you. When you sleep, they will keep you. And when you awake, they will speak with you. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law a light. Reproofs of instruction are the way of life to keep you from the evil woman, from the flattering tongue of the seductress. God never intended that young people be independent of authority as some would teach today. Instruction is extremely important. When we first began homeschooling, my wife and I, we, we homeschooled our kids, and we started it back 35, 40 years ago when it was uh, something that wasn't approved by most, most in society. But we didn't care. We wanted our children to grow up understanding and knowing the truth of God's word. One of the big things that we faced was people would come to you and say, don't you understand how important socialization for children is? That's another big lie Satan has told. Christian children should be taught and the parents should be the one teaching them, not other children. We decided we didn't want to send our kids to a class of 30 people where most of them were, were unregenerate children because that was going to put too much pressure on them to understand what was right and what was wrong. Godly parents will teach their children the proper skills of life. They will give their children God's word, not their own. The scripture tells us, take the commands of God and bind them upon your heart forever. Let them be an adornment on your head and a chain around your neck. 
Let God's word be your friend at all times and under all circumstances. Let it be a guide by day and your solace by night. Let it be your companion every waking moment. Let the teaching of God's word be a lamp unto your feet and a light for your life. This is the light that will steer you through this life with all of the dark temptations that come your way. Many ask the question, the psalmist asked in Psalm 119.9, how can a young man cleanse his way? The psalmist also answers the question by taking heed according to your word. In conclusion, please remember, God has so graciously given to us the scriptures, given us his word. With that word, you can study your God, and with the help of the Holy Spirit and a humble heart, you can come to an understanding of the incomprehensible God we serve. If you will apply your heart to study the word, you will find that you are totally unworthy of his love and grace. You will also find that he has provided in his son, Jesus Christ, a way in which all who will hear and believe can be saved from sin and death. You only need to hear his gospel message and believe. Believe with a, a, a humble heart that Jesus Christ is the one sent from heaven to save the souls of men. If you have not heard if you have not believed on Jesus Christ, then I would call you this morning in your heart to do that right where you're sitting. Make your peace with God. Recognize your sin, your need of a Savior, and call out to Jesus Christ. Jesus came into this world. He came to do for men what they could never do for themselves. He lived the perfect life. He died the atoning death. He won the resurrection victory. You must, if you desire the salvation of your soul, place your hope in Jesus Christ and in him alone. For there is no other way to come to your heavenly Father. Do this. Do this, and I can assure you, all who hear and call with a humble and contrite heart will be saved. Let's pray. Father, what a joy it has been together here in your name to look into your word. Thank you for the grace you have extended to us as your people. Help us to take the truth we have heard and apply it in our lives. Help us to grow stronger in your word. Gracious God, you who are the God of peace, sanctify us through and through. May our complete spirit and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls us is faithful, and he will do it. It is in his name we come, the name of Jesus Christ, your only begotten Son. Amen.